Welcome to another episode of Doe, a podcast dedicated to doe cases from around the world. I'm Kat. And I'm Allie. And this is kind of an unusual episode, I guess. This is just an unusual setup because it's an unusual time. Because we are self-isolating away from each other. Away from each other. And we've known each other for almost 20 years and we've had like a handful of phone conversations. We are not phone people. Does this count as a phone conversation? Well, I'm talking to you and I can't see you. It's weird. It's This is a weird situation, but I'm so happy that we have the technology that we're able to still do this. I know. It is so exciting. Yes. And it's nice to have something like this podcast to kind of like put some, like take my brain out of what's happening right now and reading everything and put it into the podcast. Yeah, it's it's a good distraction. Yeah, it's... Uh, also, I might have to yell at my cats occasionally during this. We'll see. That's okay. I thought, I was like, I'm going to make tea. And then I was like, should I make tea for Cat? And you weren't here. Oh. So, yeah, it's just a weird situation. It is. I have my hot chocolate mm. in my seahorse mug that I got from the Long Beach Aquarium. Nice. I'm not actually having any caffeine right now because I'm so caffeinated. Because, yes, you had a head start on that. It's like my new hobby in self-social distancing is caffeinate a lot. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm actually less caffeinated than I am normally. That's a good call. I'm concerned about if I'm going to be able to sleep tonight. But, uh, uh oh, yeah. Um, I stayed up late last night working on a puzzle. That's amazing. Puzzles are like, I did not realize <laughs> that everyone was such a puzzle fiend, but I love it. It's so good. Oh, yeah. It runs in my family. Like everyone's house has a, well, except for my one aunt, but everyone's house has a puzzle on the go. And whenever we go to each other's houses, we just sort of start working on the puzzle. Although there is like this unspoken rule that you do not touch someone else's puzzle. Oh, <laughs> there's there's weird etiquette when it comes to puzzles. Okay, so I'm going to err on the side of caution whenever I go over and I see a puzzle then. I'll just be like, oh. yeah, don't touch it unless they're like, hey, you can touch that. Okay. Well, I uh I went up and I talked to my parents through the glass like it was like a prison conversation. My dad and I oh. put, our, put our like hands up to the glass. I was going to say you do put your hands against the glass and touch hands through the glass. Yes, we absolutely did that. And they have a lot of puzzles that they aren't really doing because Lester, their cat, um, will not let that happen in that house. So, uh, yeah, I got all their puzzles. Yeah, we've been fighting Inara. There's a quilt over the puzzle table right now because she won't stop sleeping on it. So this way she can't get puzzle pieces stuck in her fur. Oh. Although my dad reports that she was trying to steal the pieces. Mm. Maybe she's just trying to help. Because she's terrible. She's just trying to help. Okay, but yeah. yeah. All right. So I am first this time. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, my sources for this were NamUs, NECMEC, Unidentified Wikia, and Doe Network. So all my usuals. So on October 16th, 2012, in Houston, Texas, about 20 to 25 feet off 12755 Walters Road, next to a gated driveway that led to an oil field. Not sure if the oil field is still there. A teenage girl's skeletal remains were found in a doubled up tr black trash bag. 
Aside from missing hands, her body had no visible trauma, but if her remains were skeletal, that means she could have been killed in some way that would only be visible on soft tissue. Her cause of death is uh, listed as undetermined because of this, so investigators say it's not necessarily a homicide, but if her hands were missing, I think that was probably someone's way of trying to hide her identity. Yeah, that is... To me, I feel like that is like a textbook kind of clue that she's been murdered. Yeah. So investigators estimated that she had died sometime in September 2012, so like in the previous month. So she decomposed really fast. Oh boy, yeah. Like I was sure I was misreading something, but yeah, I don't know if um, the bag was still closed or if it had been opened and maybe scavengers had come. And if there were scavengers, that could explain the missing hands. That could. I didn't think of any of that. But what I was thinking of was if the bag was closed and it's um, in Houston, Texas, which is pretty hot, would that have changed anything? Like, would that have made it hotter? And then that would have affected decomp? Oh, for sure. It would have. Like, the heat would definitely have had something. And yeah, if she were, like, if the bag were tied and you're creating, like, a little humid, like, greenhouse kind of thing. Yeah, that's... that's Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, the doe was about 4'7 to 5'3 and possibly of mixed black-white ancestry. Her shoulder-length hair was wavy or curly and very dark brown. A single bobby pin held it back from her face. She was found wearing a 34C black bra, a pink thong, Union Bay brand size 5 tan stretch cargo pants, which Google tells me are available from a bunch of department stores. Like, I just decided to see if it was like a house brand, but you can get it at Target, Walmart, Amazon, like a bunch of places. It's pretty widespread. Yeah. And an aqua t-shirt with a picture of Smurfette plucking a flower with the words, he smurfs me, he smurfs me not. Oh. Um, the size of the shirt isn't given, which drives me crazy because I looked up this shirt and it, I thought maybe it was like a one size fits all, but no, it comes in different sizes. And I tried like zooming in on the photo, but it, it wasn't a good photo. So I don't know what they were doing because I had to do this in my friend's guidance class and we had to do clear photos. Yeah. I'm also wondering how old, was there an age estimate that... Uh, yeah, she's, they figure she's a teenager. Okay. Oh, so yes, I, you said a teenage girl. Sorry. Yeah, I'm, that's okay. Um, did I actually put the, I think it was like they were estimating between like 14 and 17. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Um, but because of this shirt, this doe was nicknamed Smurfette, which I thought was cute. It is cute. So Smurfette actually has a lot of unique features, which I was surprised about. Hmm. So instead of 24 ribs, she had 22. Sometimes that happens. Is that just like a genetic anomaly? Like she didn't have like an accident or something? Yeah, it's just some humans are weird. Yeah. Her skull was also asymmetrical, which might have been visible in her facial features and could be indicative of a medical issue. She had a pronounced overbite and three of her mandibular molars, so your jaw, uh, had fillings. However, despite there being like fillings she had severe tooth decay and the crowns of her third and 14th teeth had been destroyed by cavities so third tooth is your first molar in the upper right quadrant of your mouth mm-hmm. the 14th tooth is the first molar in the upper left quadrant so both of her 
maxillary first molars were destroyed. And these aren't wisdom teeth, right? No. Okay. What would wisdom teeth have numbers? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So number 116, 17, and 32 are your wisdom teeth. Thank you. That answers a question for mine. I don't mean to spoiler alert it, but you just answered that. I I was like, I think those are your wisdom teeth, but now I know that they're definitely. Okay. Yay. I was right. Yay. Yay. (laughs) Right. So they've been destroyed by cavities with their alveoli infected. So those are the two sockets. So probably very painful. That sounds so painful. Like I cannot imagine. Tooth pain is like so scary because it's a it's a bone outside of your head b there's all those nerves c it's like so close to like your brain and Mm -hmm. like it's in your head like oh i feel so sorry for her i know and like a lot of people died from tooth problems oh i bet okay so her other teeth all of her wisdom teeth were missing as well as her second molar in the upper right quadrant but the sockets were completely healed. So the teeth had all either been removed and the sockets fully healed or they had never developed in the first place. And they couldn't figure that out by like um, like an x-ray? Or maybe they did do an x-ray and that's how they said never developed instead of never oh, erupted. Oh, I see. Okay. I'm understanding a lot more about teeth right now. <laughs> more than you ever wanted to know. So Smurfette's short stature could possibly be attributed to the growth arrest or Harris lines in her femora. So let me explain and then I'll tell you what they look like. So these are caused by stress, um, such as malnourishment or severe illness, which causes the skeleton to basically stop growing until the stress is relieved. Oh my god. Yeah, so like you'll see this in a lot of like kids who are malnourished. So they also show up in teeth uh, with lines, but those are linear enamel hypoplasia. Mm. So what happens is like when you're still growing, if you have something interrupt like malnourishment or severe illness, your body needs to put all of its effort into other things Mm -hmm. to keep you alive. So at that point, your bone growth isn't as important. And so your bones will just stop. And then once you're in a better place, like either you've um, recovered from an illness or you've started eating, then you'll start growing again and it leaves these lines. Wow. So the growth arrest lines, I know them as Harris lines. Um, those are in the long bones. And so you can see them with x-rays. Well, it sounds like she had a really a sad, rough life. Yeah. It sounds like she had a lot of health problems growing up. And if the asymmetry of her skull and all of that it could have been some condition oh. that attributed to like the Harris lines or if she was malnourished. It just is what sticks out to me is she has some tooth care, but then she has like a lot of issues. So it almost sounds like she had tooth care earlier on and then none later oh, on. That's troubling. Yeah. Yeah. So isotope testing indicates that she likely grew up in southern Texas, probably around Austin or San Antonio. On unidentified Wikia, it's theorized that she could be uh, Diana Medrano, but based on Diana's picture on NamUs, it seems unlikely to me. Um, that's one of the links I gave you. Oh, yep. I'm opening it right now. I mean, the date, I can see why they think that because the date and the location kind of match up. But yeah, so I guess now we can go to the pictures of Smurfette. Oh yeah, okay. 
gonna open to compare because yeah. that would probably help now to think about but just like based on diana's picture like she ha- clearly has like straight hair yes she does and her face doesn't seem asymmetrical at all i know like the asymmetrical skull didn't necessarily show but she also appears to be latina which didn't really show up on the skeleton at all and she like this is just me as a lay person looking at photos and not really i haven't had any um like any training on this obviously but it just her face structure looks very different from like the carl sketch for instance it does so okay we have um yeah we have a bunch of different sketches the first is a 2013 sketch by lois gibson so this was done uh, how do Americans put their dates? May probably May 9th, two thousand thirteen. I always get confused at that. I, I can never figure it out. I always forget. Um, so this one is definitely leaning more to a white woman. It looks like. And also, I know that this was done in twenty thirteen, but when I opened it, I was like, "80s beauty queen." That's just what it reads right? me as, just like the hair and the makeup. Yeah, this one just doesn't seem likely. Yeah. Um, and then go to the Neckmech. So Neckmech had two. Yeah. This one, again, very much leaning. It looks very much leaning toward a white woman again. Yeah. And again, her face is much more slender than uh, Diana Medrano's. I do kind of see um, in all of these sketches, I think it's more pronounced in the Neckmech ones, but you can definitely see like her eyes are like you can see that they're asymmetrical. Yeah, exactly. Like, they were trying to be accurate with that, which yeah. I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the updated Neckmech one I like better because it looks more, I don't know, natural? It looks, it seems more likely, this one. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, again, it's not like a photorealistic one, which it shouldn't be because they these are yeah. supposed to be like photos. But, like, you could see that kind of, like, you could see this person walking down the street. Like, you could see what yeah. you look like as a living person, kind of in your mind's eye, I guess, with this one. Mm-hmm. Much more than the first one. And then go to Carl's. Oh, yeah. Carl's. Which, of course, is my favorite because Carl is just the best. He's got her in uh, her Smurf shirt. Yeah. And this was um from 2018. So I think this is the most recent one. Gotcha. But that you can see that he used the latest neck mech and just colorized it and then gave her like curlier hair. So if you look at the neck mech and then look at Carl's next to it, you can see it's the same facial base. And he put like more realistic looking eyes, more realistic looking lips. And of course he has the background of Houston. Um, so, uh, they have their, her clothes, so I uploaded what the clothes looked like where they mm-hmm. found them. So, the first one is the shirt, or the he smurfs me, he smurfs me oh, not. It's just, like, kind of a lot to see how destroyed this shirt is. Like, in some parts it even yeah. looks almost tie-dye just because it's been through so much really yeah like decomposition yeah it's rough especially when you look at it through the like next to the clean shirt it's like yeah Yeah, so yeah i i tried to zoom in to find out what size this was my guess is she probably wore like the small maybe medium based on just her stature and the size of her pants 
one of those times where zoom and enhance if it worked in real life would be really great so cool. and then yeah i have the the clean shirt and what it would have yeah. looked like but yeah um i was finding them for sale on like poshmark which i think is a british thing but it looks like it was pretty widely available yeah i think we have poshmark here now i don't know i just i just dropped my old clothes off at value village yes yeah, i'm here. not fancy after poshmark so and here is and then the next one is the pants oh yeah and again they've been through a lot you can see that they're muddy and like there i think there's like a i don't know if this is i guess it's part of the pant but there's like a belt loop yeah yeah that's part of it and yeah there's the mud on the legs and their decompositional fluids would have changed the color as well oh god i was just gonna say based on the clean pants color and this color it's heartbreaking it's i know oh. and this one i was actually able to read the brand label i didn't get that from any of the sources they didn't put the brand for some reason so i just zoomed in read the label and looked it up oh yeah yeah you can see you can see it there but yeah then the clean pants like it's if i'd i saw the clean pants first but if i'd seen her actual pants first that is not the color i would have expected at all no that's heartbreaking like just oh yeah and then um, there's a picture of the bobby pin. It is a bobby pin. Yes, it is one single bobby pin. There's also a picture of the crime scene. It's a little blurry, but... Oh, no. Oh, no. You can see the bag. So that's why I'm wondering if the bag was still closed when they found her, because it looks like it wasn't. It looks like you can see her shirt. Oh. Yeah, and I think that might be her skull. I, I'm going to make the executive decision right now that we are not going to put this one on the Instagram. Yeah, people can find it if they go to Unidentified Wikia if they really want. It just, like, made my stomach sink a little bit. Because, like, we're talking about yeah. this. And, like, we're, we're talking about the bag. And then when you see it and you see, a like, that's a person in there. It's just... It's hard. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. So, I think the bag may have been open when they found her maybe that's why someone was like oh wait that's not just trash yeah oh and so maybe that's her missing hands but yeah. i don't know nobody should be in a bag being no almost mistaken for trash this is yeah because tossed on the side of the road it's it's so wrong so yeah that's uh all the information we have for smurfette Oh, I don't think she's Diana Medrano. I'm going to side with you on that one. I don't think she is either. It's just something in my gut is saying she's not. Yeah, like it. a lot of the information matches up, but I don't think it's her. No, I don't think so either. Um, which is heartbreaking because that means this is, there are two cases that are unsolved and. Um, yeah. Like, this is an unhappy ending. I don't know about Diana's, but... Yeah, no, she's still listed as missing on NamUs, so... Oh. But yeah, so with this, it's I almost wonder if maybe she was in foster care at some point. Yeah. Like, my theory with that would be, like, foster care with a family that got her, like, dental care... Or maybe she had, like, a rough childhood and then went to another family that took care of her and then she somehow left. Or maybe maybe she was a runaway. 
Yeah. That ended up in a rough situation. I think those are all really good theories. I kind of get the feeling just based on her care, like the state of her body and like teeth and everything that maybe she didn't have anyone to take care of her. Yeah. Within like the last year or so. That's a heartbreaking theory, but I think you're probably on the right track. Which makes it even harder to find out who she is. Yep. That is hard. But they do have DNA available for her, and obviously they have her postmortem dental records, and obviously no fingerprints, but DNA is what we need, so. Yes, so there's hope that this will be an update. This one I feel, despite the situation, I feel like this is pretty solvable just based on all of her skeletal abnormalities, and they have her DNA, and if she spent, if it, it looks like she spent most of her life in Texas, at least that narrows it down. Yes, for sure. So hopefully someone's looking for her. I hope that she, whoever is looking for her, finds her. Yeah. So it's a pretty sad one. Like just, they're all sad, but this one gets to me. It's just heartbreaking. And it's, it is interesting um, that we've chosen two cases that have some similarities. We do that a lot okay so should i start with mine yeah let's go to yours okay so i'm going to be talking about the brunswick county jane doe from 1979 okay and my sources for this case are unidentified wiki namus the doe network uh an article on wwaytv3.com by hannah patrick and an article from port city daily by christina haley as well as an article on brunswicksheriff.com. So here is the story of Brunswick County Jane Doe. In Leland, North Carolina, on December 8th, 1979, hunters found a woman's remains in the Hooper Hill section of Leland. NamUs has a link to Google Maps with the exact coordinates of where the body was found. And it looks like your typical country road. The actual road isn't on Street View, but if you look at it from another road, it seems like there are some industrial buildings standing where this uh, doe was found. Oh, okay. If you want to take a little look, you can go to NamUs and look through their link. Um, yeah. So the postmortem interval is thought to be three weeks. The Doe Network lists the body's condition as decomposing slash putrefaction the woman was black and anywhere from 13 to 56 years old oh wow yeah um but they kind of narrowed it down a bit okay because that's kind of a wide range like you can tell when someone's like 13 versus 56 yes yes so in the article by hannah patrick a civilian investigative specialist working with the county sheriff's office named mary dawn court said that the coroner thought that she was about 20 years old when they first found her, but then they did more testing recently, and she was actually probably between 42 and 55. Okay. Her eye color is unknown, and she had black hair, which was short to medium length. She was approximately 5'4", with an unknown weight, which, along with the unknown eye color, makes me think that she was skeletonized. Well, also, um, decomposing putrefaction, that's when the body is, like, at it. Um, how to put this grossest? Poli- yeah, I'm like, how do I put this politely? Yeah, I know. Um, but you're you're not recognizable. It's 
Yeah. There's been a lot of bloating yeah. going on. Yeah, so maybe not skeletonized, but not like they just found her. Yeah, no, like, this is the step before we reach skeletal. Okay. And uh, the cause of her death could not be determined, so that tracks if she'd been in that position. Yeah. Or in that situation. Um, So this is what she was found wearing. A tan sweater, a dark short-sleeved shirt, a bra and white underwear with blue trim, black slacks that could have been pajama pants half stockings, and also what Namus says are red scuffs or footies, so I think that means slippers. Oh, okay. I literally never heard them called that before. Like, when I hear footies, I think of, um, like, you know, like, when you're walking, I guess, I guess it could be, like, in a crime scene, or I'm thinking of- Oh, the booties! Yeah, like, 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 like those kind of footies, but I think they actually meant slippers. Yeah, because I hear footies, and that means footy pajamas. Oh, yeah, that too. Like, that's so, a nickname for them as footies. <laughs> yeah, so I guess that wasn't really it wasn't really specific as to what that means, but I'm going to say slippers. I think you're right. I, I think that sounds right. And she also had a Timex Snoopy watch on her left wrist. It had a yellow band, a yellow face, and Snoopy is playing tennis and wearing a hat. His arms are the hour and minute hands, and one is throwing the ball, and the other is holding a tennis racket. Oh, I love that. I know. Like, I, you you know I love peanuts. I so. know. I'm just thinking you would love that watch. And, like, just the fact that I have something in common with this doe that's, yeah. like, really dear to my heart, and she loved Snoopy enough that she had a watch, it made me tear up. When, when I heard that, I was like, I have to do this doe. So based on what she's wearing, to me, this sounds like a domestic violence situation. Mm. To me, it sounds like she's wearing PJs or at least like getting cozy. Yeah, like her comfy clothes. Yeah, so I think she was likely at home. But spitballing, could this have also been a home invasion? Maybe, but I think domestic violence is more likely. Yeah, I see where you're coming from with that. Yeah. Um, So in the article by Hannah Patrick... Uh, Mary Doncourt said that they didn't have the technology to do a facial estimation until 2015, and that's when Nekmec created one. That's weird. Yeah. They've been doing facial estimations for a very long time. Yeah, so I don't, I don't, I'm not sure what happened there. Um, so here is a quote from Mary Doncourt uh, from the article by Hannah Patrick. Uh, quote, I sat there for a minute. And her eyes were staring out at me, and I looked at her, and all I could think of was, Hello, Jane, Doncourt said. So, yeah, I thought that was really sweet. Um, Mary seems like she's really invested in this case, which is good that the Stowe has someone like that, Mm kind of like like an advocate for her. That's the word. I was like, I was just about to say it. An advocate. So the next yes. photo is based on that initial age estimation of 20 years old. So you can see that, okay. that um, she does look quite young in that Nekmec, uh estimation. Is that approximation or ne- estimation? I think it's approximation. I keep saying estimation. Okay. So in that facial approximation, she looks young. Yeah, this is definitely someone young. Yeah. And then there's a hand-drawn approximation by Mike Mullins. And then you can see... That there's two different sketches that look like they've kind of mixed those two sketches Mm -hmm. together. So what they did was uh, they overlaid those two sketches and created this new one. 
Oh, okay. And so dentals are available. And this is where I was like, oh, my uh, my guess was right that this was her wisdom teeth. So here's a quote from the Doe Network. Quote, teeth numbers 1, 16, 17, and 32 are uninterrupted and still in the follicular stage of development. Unquote. And it's not unheard of for wisdom teeth to not come in. So I don't think this contradicts that she's on the older end of the age estimate. She might just be one of those people who didn't have her wisdom teeth happen. Yeah, like my sister, she's never had her wisdom teeth come in. Oh, Mine didn't come in until my 20s. Yeah, I was maybe 20 when mine came in. Yeah, mine was like mid-20s. Oh, wow. That's pretty late. Yep, and that's when I got them out and it sucked. I was happy when I got my wisdom teeth out because it was an excuse to eat mashed potatoes and stuffing. So I just had like Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner minus the turkey like forever. So that was good. <laughs> but that's um, really cute. Yeah, it was I was making the best of it. Um, but anyways, um Oh, I, I heard oh, that. Oh god, you can hear her. I heard that. <laughs> cats. Um, so fingerprints are not available in this case, but DNA is. And the Doe project says that mitochondrial and nuclear DNA are currently at UNT, which I am assuming is the University of North Texas Center for Human Identification. That sounds right. Yeah. So they did do isotope analysis in this case, and it was determined that she most likely had not been in North Carolina for long and was not a North Carolina local. So that probably also hindered the investigation as well. Yeah. And the analysis points to potential ties in New York, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, California, northern Wisconsin, and Michigan. So Mary Doncourt sounds very dedicated and determined to solve this case. Here's another quote from Mary from that article by Hannah Patrick. Quote, Jane was a real person. She lived. She breathed. She talked. She walked. She laughed. She loved. Her end should not be without a name in the medical examiner's office for eternity. She should have a name. She should have a tombstone. At the very least, she should have her name. You just shouldn't die without your name. She deserves that, unquote. Oh, Yeah. That's really sweet. It's really sweet and entirely true for all of the cases that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. That pretty much sums up the whole purpose of our podcast. Yeah. So props to Mary Doncourt. And I'm so happy that this doe has someone in her corner like that. Yeah. I don't really have any other theories. I really want to know... If they've done any digging in those areas mentioned in the isotope analysis, mm-hmm. um, which is a pretty wide range. I don't know. If- yeah, that is. Yeah. If she wasn't from the area, it might have been one of those situations where she didn't have anyone she could reach out to if it was a domestic mm-hmm. abuse situation, which is heartbreaking again. So DNA is being looked at in this case, and it's at the University of North Texas, I'm assuming. So... I'm very hopeful that we will have an update in this case, too. Yeah, that's a really good sign. Yeah. Okay, so time for my solved? Yeah. And this one's actually solved. Oh, it's solved. It's not just an identified. It's solved. Straight up solved. Oh, yay. Okay. For this, I used several articles from the Lansing Journal, um, so to list them. There is one from April 4th, 2019 by Ken Palmer and Kara Berg. 
Um, Kara Berg had two articles from April 17th, 2019 and October 15th, 2019. Then Ken Palmer had articles from December 13th, 2019 and March 5th, 2020. And then I used an article from WXYZ Detroit from February 14th, 2020. And then an NBC 25 News article by Nicole Winfield from February 13th, 2020. I also used DelayedJustice.com, Unidentified Wikia, and the Doe Network. Awesome. It was like the longest list of sources I've ever used. No, that's great. On May 8th, 2002... A charred footlocker was found concealed in a wooded area of a blueberry field in Grand Haven, Ottawa County, Michigan. Inside the footlocker was the body of a man who had been killed by blunt force trauma to the head. The footlocker had been set on fire after being dumped in the blueberry field one to two days prior. Jesus. So in the uh, Doe Network link, you can see the picture of the footlocker. This is reminding me a lot of a cheerleader in the trunk already. Right? So the man was either white or Latino, 5'6 to 5'7 and about 135 pounds. He'd had extensive dental work done more than a decade before his death, including crowns, restorations in the mandible, and the placement of a partial upper dental plate. Investigators determined that the dental work had been done in the southern states or Mexico. So the man was found wearing a large weekend beachwear t-shirt from Southern California, size 30 Spalding men's briefs, from either Walmart or Kmart, and Timex Watch. So those are all pictured in the Doe Network. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. And they're all pretty charred because they set the footlocker on fire. Yep. There's very little remaining. Under his body was a thin charred cushion that appeared to have either come from a coach or trailer. So that's the, um, the weird-looking yellowy thing is what... I thought it was a piece of skull at first and then realized it's I was wondering what that was. Okay, so yeah, there's kind of like a, it's, it looks like a floral pattern on it. Yeah, it's got some frilly business going on. That is a damask pattern. Yes. And sorry, this was from 2002? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I guess they couldn't really figure out where it was from because it was like burned. It was like. A little tiny bit. Also, if it had been, like, in a, tra- a couch or trailer for, like, decades. Yeah, that would be very hard to figure yeah. out. So, the Foot Locker was available in a few stores in the area. And inside the Foot Locker, along with the man's body, were a Craftsman brand claw hammer available from Sears, a baseball bat, nylon rope, and, quote, hand tools. What are hand tools? I'm going to guess maybe like screwdrivers and things like that. I was going to say like a Leatherman, like a multi-tool. Yeah, something I'm- like so th- something along those lines, which makes me wonder if this was maybe like a toolbox or something. Oh, yeah, I could see that. So because there were no drag marks around the trunk, investigators believed that at least two people had to be involved in the disposal. Around the area where the man was found were several migrant camps, as well as various carnivals and festivals. Okay. So, the man became known as Jack in the Box. That is in bad taste, I feel. That is in terrible taste. That is in bad taste. He was also referred to as just Jack. I like that one better. That's much better. But, oh, oh my 
God, do not call like a murdered man Jack in the Box. What are you doing? No, 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 no. Like, I, like we've talked about this before. Like the um, cases with some sort of catchier name or some sort of name that will stick in your memory. That's kind of a device that um, that law enforcement uses to get people to remember the case. But I feel like Jack in the Box is extremely in poor taste. It's up there with Septic Tank Sam. Yeah, I would say that's just, nobody deserves that indignity of A, being murdered and then having a punny name. Yeah, no, I'm like, this isn't like Smurfette, where it's a cute character on her shirt, where it's like a cute name. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's not like Belle in the Well, or, yeah, I could list off a bunch of names here where They've made a name, but it's been tasteful. Yeah. So, in 2005, Ottawa County Sheriff Gary Rosema contacted Professor David Schock at Hope College, located in Holland, Michigan, to help bring attention to the case. Schock had previously involved his students, who were studying the making of documentary films, to create a documentary on the murder of Janet Chandler. So I think that was someone who was murdered, I read about her like months ago i kind of forgot um but so he got his students in his documentary making class to work on making a documentary about her and so um the sheriff wanted to do the same for jack i'm just gonna refer to him as jack yeah so the documentary was a success oh and by the way the um delayed justice so that is um david shock's website Okay. Yeah, cool. And as always, there will be a link in the show notes. Yes, including a link to part of one of the court proceedings, which I thought was really interesting. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although it would take another 10 years, someone contacted the police with a tip after viewing the documentary in April 2015. The victim was finally identified as 37-year-old Roberto Caraballo. So I guess this is a good point to compare. So if you go to the Doe Network, uh, the, that's the composite sketch. Yep. Um, and if you go to Roberto's photo, that's what he actually looked like. Oh, he looks very sweet. Right? He looks super sweet. Yeah, he just looks like kind and like just minding his own business. And he does not look like the sketches, I would say. Not, not really. The nose, the nose is pretty close, but that's about it. As a person who has not been uh, school, like I have not had any schooling in any of this, but I just look at the head shape first, and like it's off. It's really off. So, unlike many of our identified cases, investigators were able to find Roberto's alleged killers. I only say alleged because trials appear to be ongoing. Good, I'm glad they caught them. Yeah. Or the, the, I, they caught them who allegedly did this. Yes. Yeah. So killers are Roberto's wife, Beverly McCallum, Beverly's daughter, Deneen Ducharme, and Deneen's friend, Christopher McMillan. Now here's, uh, it gets wild. Oh boy. So according to Deneen, who had been 21 at the time of Roberto's murder, her mother had killed Roberto, and Deneen had only been involved with the disposal of his body. Only being. Christopher, however, claimed that Beverly had made them do a, quote, test run 
of the murder the day before Roberto's death, but did not believe they would actually go through with the killing, which I find very hard to believe. Yeah, no, not, that does not make sense. No. No. There's a test run. It's happening. Like, uh. So, according to Christopher, Beverly pushed Roberto down the stairs, and then all three, <sighs> Christopher, Beverly, and Deneen, attacked him with one or two hammers, <gasps> with one getting stuck in Roberto's head. Oh my god. Beverly then wrapped a plastic bag around Roberto's head to suffocate him. I was, like, already feeling, honestly, like, a little, like, queasy hearing what they did. And then the getting stuck. Oh, God. Yeah. So I think that may have been the hammer that was in the trunk. Yeah. Was still stuck in his. I think that yeah. tracks. And that is awful. It gets worse. Oh, no. It wasn't just the three of them involved in moving the footlocker to that blueberry field. Beverly also brought along her two younger daughters, who were only 9 and 11 at the time. Oh my god! The younger daughter, so that would be the nine-year-old, told investigators later, so I think like within the last year when they were investigating this, Mm -hmm. told investigators that she remembered hearing some kind of scuffle in the basement at home. She and her sister rode with the metal footlocker in the van and that she believed her father was in that footlocker. Holy shit. The older daughter eventually confronted Beverly years later and was told Roberto had been killed in self-defense. Obviously a lie. Oh, boy. Definitely. Jeez. In February, Beverly was arrested when she checked into a small hotel in Rome with her teenage son because she also had a son. Okay. Italian hotels are required to register their guests in an online system that's linked to a police database, which I thought was really oh, interesting. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that is really interesting. So I'm wondering if, like, Italy is just a really big go-to for people on the run or something? Well, I think Italy, for people who don't live in Italy, I think it's... Oh, my God. A cat. What, do we have a guest? We have a guest on our podcast. Nara. What are you doing? Yeah, go up on your cat tree. Yeah, go stare at squirrels. Oh. Sorry, what were um, you saying? So what, what I was going to say was, um, I feel like Italy is like on everybody's bucket list. True. Like to go to Italy and just like, <laughs> it's beautiful. It's got great food and it's nice weather. So you can see that about a lot of places, but I do feel like it probably Yeah, it, it makes I mean, sense. Yeah. Okay. Prior to this, the U.S. had been trying to extradite Beverly from Pakistan. So there was an international arrest warrant out for her, which is probably why she fled to Italy. Beverly had originally moved to Pasadena, Texas with Deneen following the murder, but went to Pakistan after finding out the investigation into her husband's murder was progressing. Wow. This guy, you're right. This this turned into some sort of like... This sounds like a movie script. Right? So, as of March of this year, Christopher has been convicted of second-degree murder and conspiracy to commit second-degree murder, for which he'll serve at least 15 years in prison. He will also be testifying against Beverly and Deneen for their involvement in Roberto's murder. Uh, Their cases haven't happened yet. And I think it's only second-degree murder because I think he made a plea deal to testify against the other two. that makes Obviously not second-degree murder no, at all. No, 100%. They did a test run. Like... Yeah, that is beyond first-degree. Yeah. 
so uh, this sounds like we'll have an update in a different way in this case. Yeah, we're going to have an update on court proceedings at some point. Yeah. Okay. But with what's going on, there's probably going to be a longer delay because um, one of the latest article was March 5th was um, didn't getting ready for it was like Deneen's pre-trial, I think. Okay. Where they determine if the if there's enough evidence or reason to go to an actual trial. Which they determine there is. And you're totally right that this is, because of all of the COVID stuff, this is probably going to be dragged out more. Yeah, so who knows when we'll have an update. But that is the case of Roberto Caraballo's murder. Well, I hope that there's justice. And I think there will be. If they've already convicted one of them. Yeah. Oh, and I also have pictures of the murderers. Oh, so Christopher McMillan. Oh, sketchy. He looks sketchy. right. There's actually two photos of him. That was when he was arrested, and this is what he looks like now. The one. Oh boy, that's. Um, Deneen. She's lost a lot of weight since she was arrested because I found um like her mugshot mm-hmm. and her face was much more round, so I didn't realize it was her at first. But yeah. Wow. Well, Roberta. She's in her forties now. Yeah, I would believe um, that. And then, oh, Beverly's at the very top. Oh, there you go. Oh. So this is clearly a photo from when she was in Pakistan. Yeah. I can't believe I haven't heard of this one. Same. I found it, I think, last year when I was going through Wikipedia's list of um, previously unidentified decedents. Yeah, that list is great. It is. And, but I was, so I was going to do it on an earlier episode, but then I saw all the articles about everything that was progressing and everything and i'm like oh this is gonna take a while so yeah yeah wow well i think we're at the end yeah that those are our cases for our self-isolation episode yeah the first of who knows how many for real um and just a note that we hope that you and your loved ones are staying safe and keeping well in this weird 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 time and just hope that everybody's hunkering down and doing self-care things and mm-hmm. yeah and as Ali said be kind to yourself yes absolutely you don't have to be super productive if your brain is not letting you nope you do not and if like I've had days like this there was a day where I was like I should be editing the podcast I'm just going to watch an entire season of glow on my couch instead yeah which I would highly recommend. It was a really good show. But if you, like, do what you need to do to, like, get through this time. Exactly. I like this because I got to hear your cats. Hey, Anar, she's going back to sleep on the puzzle again. This cat sleeps, like, 20 hours a day. Oh, my God. Don't we all now? I mean, I know there's still people working and there's, thank you so much. If you are on the front lines of this in any way, if you are a healthcare worker or a grocery store worker or um, like an EMT or if you're anyone that's like out doing things that are essential that we need you for, thank you so much. Or if you're in a place where your service has been deemed essential despite it quite possibly not being and you're still being forced to go to work 
thank you still we appreciate you too we appreciate everybody and and stay healthy and stay safe yes so i guess we should do like our spiel at the end yes okay so uh you can visit us at doughpodcast.com you can say hi to us on twitter and our handle there is at doughpodcast you can also say hi to us on instagram where we are at doughpodcast you can say hi to us on Facebook, where we are at Dope Podcast. You can leave us a review and a rating on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. That would be super cool. You can email us at dopepodcast at gmail.com. I think that's it. Did I get everything? I think that covers everything. Okay. Yeah. And we love getting recommendations. Yes, we're almost through the end. I think you've actually done most of the of the recommendations, Kat. So send, send some so I can do some too because I kind of and especially recommendations from places outside of North America would be great oh my god yes I was actually thinking about that that would be really cool because we're kind of North America centric at the moment yes actually next episode I have one that is not from North America and I was so excited Ooh. alrighty okay okay well I'm gonna stop recording this now bye alright so until next time bye bye